TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnston. The reasons that you should buy in, the reasons for concern. We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout with the Draft Network and your local and favorite running back guru. And as always, I got the champion with me. The LSU Tigers are standing up and standing tall right now. My boy, Keith Sanchez, you can find Find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keep talk to him, baby. Man, what's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst at the Draft Network. Man, and like DP says, man, 2019 national champ. But I can't say LSU without giving the women's basketball team, man, some credit for winning the national championship. So there's a lot of championship things going around LSU right now, man. And I would have to say maybe it's the best sports college program in 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 america maybe we'll, we'll see how that goes man but you know why we're here we're here to talk some championship level content man surrounded around the nfl draft man giving you best analysis um you know best prospects right and, and just going in depth into the nfl draft and dp man we have quite the lineup right today is tuesday man so you know we get dames dudes on tap man we have a this or that tuesday coming up but we want to start with um, what someone say is wide receiver one and Quentin Johnston, he ran a four five forty. And is are there any reasons to be concerned about Quentin Johnston's um four five forty rather than a four four or four three like expectations were before he ran? Uh, no, I, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned about that, Keith. Like, like you said, the expectations, and we were, you know, all pegging him and, and, and labeling him as this freak athlete. But I mean, 6'2", over 200 pounds, to still jump as high as he did in the vertical, almost 41. Right. You know what I mean? The, the, the broad jump, the explosiveness, the verticality that he's going to bring, you know, to, to a passing offense. I don't really care about his pro day 40, man, because Keith, there's no way the, uh, a, a USC coach, an Ohio State coach, a fan, a, a sca- no one's going to tell me. They're not going to tell DP that Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and Jigba run the same thing or run as fast on the field, on tape as Quentin Johnson. Keith, I'm not trying to buy it, but I will say when you, <laughs> when you ask about concerns, I will say, th- say this, Keith. The things that I could that, that concerns, but they're correctable, right? Uh, release package, just expanding that, allowing him to win quicker at the line of scrimmage, using his feet first, hand second, playing quicker and playing more strong at the catch uh, at uh, at the release point at the line of scrimmage, so he can get into his routes and get vertical. Whether he's whatever route he's running, right? Uh, he's he just kind of uses he recycles the same uh, one step jab speed releases, whether inside or out. I want to see him just kind of add a little bit more to it, uh, be a little quicker to get into his route stems, Keith. And the biggest thing as well is uh, the, the catch point. Now, this is a guy that. Does pretty well on contested catches, but when you watch him on tape, Keith, you see a young man that goes up for the ball, but instead of going up with his hands, he's going up with his body, right? So, you know what I mean? Yes, I get it. You jump over 40 inches. It's clear. You're 6'2". So you can jump over guys that most people can't jump over. 
But when you face the Julius Brinces, when you face the Sauce Gardners, the Tariq Woolens, and those other, the, the AJ Terrells, those guys that can jump with you, but they have the arm length to battle at the catch point, I need you to go tall for it, big fella. Attack it at its highest point. But Keith, those are things that, that are coachable that he can work on. I don't think there's a part of his game that's truly concerning that isn't correctable. Right, okay, let me give you the, the flip side of that coin, right? And I'll walk our listeners, right? Walk, walk the locked on NFL draft family through my thought process, right? In the sense of the it was this. It was okay, this guy's gonna run a four, three, four, four. I mean, I know we've even told y'all on this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. That this was a quote unquote freak athlete. And then, you know, we've seen guys like Jim Nagy and you know, some of the scouts, and you know, you start to get the news coming in, it's like, hey, this guy ran a four or five. I'm not gonna lie, DP. I said, "Oh man, what we got going on right here?" Right? I said, "Oh man, right." We have to. Go, I have to come back on this podcast, and we have to correct this. But then I have. I have to also ask myself this: like, okay, how much am I weighing that forty time right towards this? And we've we've had this conversation about forty times at pro days on this podcast, right? And I kind of mm-hmm. had to remember what I said, right? That it's it's you know it fluctuates anyway. And when you cut the film on, and I'm glad you said that point, right? You put Quinn Johnston film on. You put Jackson Smith and Jigba film on. You put Jordan Addison film on, right? They don't all run the same 40. I'm sorry. Like, there, there's no Not way, a chance. Not a chance, right? So you, we have to take that with a grain of salt, man. And I, I think this is where, and it's not quantifiable, and, you know, we're trying to get as many advanced um, analytics and metrics as far as tracking data speed, in-game speed, miles per hour, things like that, right? <laughs> And I would just have to bet that Quentin Johnston's game speed is faster than those other two guys, and that's what I'm going off of, right? Because the 40 time DP is so technical, man. These guys, and like I said, because I've seen it, right? So the season ends, these guys declare for the draft. So they go from instantly playing football to instantly basically be trying to become overnight track stars, meaning that mm-hmm. everything is calculated, man. Their first step, their second step, where are you by your eighth step? So it's, it's so technical that sometimes some of these 40 times can be manufactured to where these guys, some of them run faster and some of them run slower, right? Because they're overthinking it. Some of them could be too tense. And it's just a matter of, okay, cut the film on. How does this guy play? And I found Silas DP and saying that Quentin Johnston, I haven't seen too many people catch him at the end of the day, right? So I feel really comfortable that he's fast enough. He's simply fast enough, DP. And it goes to my comp, right? And we was like, okay, man, who's a good comp for Quentin Johnston? I continue to say this. I think it's A.J. Green. A.J. Green, mm-hmm. they, they check the same boxes when it comes to height and weight. A.J. might be three-quarters of an inch taller. Weight is pretty similar. Everything else is pretty similar, even a 40 time. A.J. Green ran a 4.48, 4.49. Right, so that's right there with Quentin Johnston, and so- it didn't hinder him from beating NFL DBs down the field. I watched it all the time, especially <laughs> versus the Ravens. Like yeah. he would beat those guys vertically. And think about that. Like he, you got seven to eight, what maybe Pro Bowls out of AJ Green, mm-hmm. right? In, in a ten-year career, if you're, you know Cincinnati, and when you drafted him. So if you get that out of Quentin Johnston, then you're more than happy, right? Now the fact that their mm-hmm. playoff success did not happen and everything else. That has nothing to do with AJ Green. AJ Green balled the hell out, right? You put that on somebody else's, um, on somebody else's lap. You blame somebody else. So, or I their arm, that, yeah, or their arm. I mean, you, you, you're going straight at quarterbacks. I wasn't going. <laughs> you know how you feel about quarterbacks, man. I, I, I feel comfortable with it. I, I feel comfortable with it. I do agree with your your concerns, right? And but I think there, the, the the issue was with the forty time was this, and we continue to talk about it on this podcast because I know it's going to play a part. 
in people's perspective is a big mm-hmm. 12 wide receiver, right? Like he's, yeah. he's going to Kevin White, the Josh Dotsons, the Josh Gordons. He's going to continue to get that narrative and it's unfortunate, but it's what's going to happen. I want to see what team is going to buy in to Gwen Johnston regardless because you have to convince your fan base that, hey, this is a big 12 wide receiver that will play well, right? And and no, he's not a freak athlete like everybody quote-unquote said, but we're still going to draft him and we're still going to believe him. So I think he just had to fight the narrative more than anything else. No, 100%, Keaton. Like I said, the things that, that we view as concerns or that, that, that most people view as concerns is correctable, right? It's, it's coaching. It's someone getting in his ear and saying, listen, man, when you go up, don't just go up and jump over a guy, but give that full extension. You know what I mean? Give yourself, like you want to remove all rooms for error. You don't want to give your, put yourself in a position where you're thinking after the play, like, did I do everything to secure this pass? And if you ask yourself that question and the answer is no, then that's when you have that problem. Like, so you, you can fix it, but it's fixable. It's correctable. It's something that you can coach out of him and coach into him in terms of improvement. So I, I, I really don't like, he's my wide receiver one. And, and I don't really think, I think the ceiling for him is extremely high. Like you said, AJ green. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you watch the play speed, go turn the tape, even against Keely Ringo, who's a sub four, 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 three guy, right? He beat him with a quick release at the line of scrimmage in the national championship game. Keith, he took him vertical. And by the yep. fifth or sixth step, he was gone. Just Max Dugan checked the ball down for a quick first down rather than throwing it to his big six-foot-two target that's streaming wide open down the left sideline. That's a touchdown, mm-hmm. man. So I, I, when, he's, when his stride is open, Keith, he's moving. Yeah, and you've seen it multiple times on film. I think the Texas game, right? Like he turned the corner oh, yeah. and the safety around at the same time. He just didn't get the football, man. But I, I, I feel comfortable, you know, rounding out this conversation. I feel comfortable drafting Quinn Johnston still. Um, I'm, I feel good about the football player, right? Like yeah. the and then that's why you go to these meetings and you're like, okay, cool. You get to know these people because, like, okay, once I hand you twenty million dollars, what is your motivation, right? Was your motivation just money? Because if it was just money, now. I'm concerned that you're going to be motivated. You're not going to be motivated to get better. But if you're motivated on, man, I love the game of football and I want to become the best football player there is, then I have no issue with drafting Quinn Johnston at high because I think those minute details that you outlaid, I think he's going to continue to get better at them and continue to grow, man. But look, that wraps up the Quentin Johnston conversation, which, you know, we felt like we needed to attack, we needed to have it. Because like I said, man, it's the NFL draft. Some people have him as wide receiver one. Some people have him as low as wide receiver five. For myself, for you, we both think he's wide receiver one. He checks all the boxes as far as the potential to be an ex-wide receiver, number one wide receiver. But DP, man, look, man, we talked about the slim guys that could move fast, man. Now we got to get to the big boys, man. So for this, this or that segment, man, we're talking about the offensive line, right? Nobody wants to talk about offensive line until their quarterback is getting sacked, right? So we're going to talk about those offensive linemen in draft that you need to be targeting with the this or that segment. Should you draft this guy in the first round or should you wait to the third or fourth round and draft this other guy? So coming up next, man, we have a fun this or that segment coming up. Guys, if you're on the go and you need a snack, something that's going to be healthy, doesn't give you all the fat and calories that you just don't want in your body, you want to give Built Bar a try. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The reason why? It's made of 100% real chocolate. You heard me correct. 
100% real chocolate, guys. About 17 to 18 grams of protein. It, high in protein. It's low in sugar, right? And it gives you and it keeps you fueled. It fuels you and keeps you going throughout the day. So I promise you, if you want to give it a try, you can. There's three options. You can go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and find a four-bar box of Built Bar in a, in a few different flavors. Or you can go to Sam's Club and get you a 13-bar box if you're fancy and you like to buy things in bulk. You can do that as well. 13-bar box at your local Sam's Club. Or if you just want our help, I got that for you too. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. This or that, Keith, the big boys is coming to the stage. We giving the big boys their moment, man. Because people like to, to give the big, they, they call them big uglies. I like to call them big sexies, man. These big boys you need. You need these big boys on the line, man. So, Keith, let's get into this or that. What you got for me? Man, let's go. Let's kick this off, man. And you know what we're going to do, man. We, 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 we like to make it tough. So, we're going straight to the top. So, I'm going straight for what some people's consensus, offensive tackle one. Ohio State's Paris Johnson. Do you want Ohio State's Paris Johnson with a, a top 10, top 15 pick? Or are you going to wait to the back end of the second round and draft Alabama's offensive tackle, Tyler Steen? This or that, DP? Which one you take it, baby? This is a little tough because I like both players, man. Tyler Steen just recently watched him about last week, and we talked about him. 6'6", over 300 pounds, easy kind of mover. He is strong. Run blocks well, pass sets well. But, man, I got to go Paris Johnson, Keith. I believe, if I remember correctly, he had a 35-plus wingspan or, or in, in the inches in the arm when he was at the combine. That's the stuff you can't teach. And he's a high-level athlete as well, Keith. I think getting functional, functionally stronger is going to benefit him. And then just continually, this is a guy to play right guard his first year. So getting better uh, with his hands and keeping his hands close, right? Like a boxer's guard. You don't want to have your guard too wide because you're opening yourself up to jabs. So that's one thing he's got to correct. But the things, that, the issues that he has in terms of Paris Johnson are correctable. I love Tyler Steen's tape, but the arm length does give me some concern, Keith. If he, is, he, listen, I'm going to keep it 100, man. The arm length is definitely something that catches me off guard. I'm like, all right, he's 6'6", but he's got sub-33s. And typically, I always look at the tape to see if it shows up. And it did at times, Keith, where... One moment, he's had the equally yielded and Derek Hall, two long-arm rushes from from the Auburn Tigers and Kobe Wooden. He's handling them fine. Then you got a young kid who's not even eligible till 2025 uh, from LSU, number 92, Makai, and he's get, he's body-blowing him, Keith, just like long-arm after long-arm and just driving him back into the lap of, of Bryce Young or into the hip of Bryce Young, rather. So I, 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 while I like his game, I do believe that the arm length could be a little bit of an issue. And for me, I'd rather go with the guy that has everything physically that I could just coach up the technical goal. So give me Paris Johnson. Okay, okay. I, I, I understand. It sounds like a pretty uh, – it was a decent explanation. It was a decent explanation. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie, DP. It was fair? It was, it was fair? It was fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. say that it was fair. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was fair. It was fair. Man, I'm, I'm going with Tyler Steen, man. I'm going with Tyler Steen because of this. Um, Watching him, like you said, you've seen high-level play. Um, And then also there was the other side of that coin, right, to where there were moments where he appeared to, I don't want to say struggle, but he didn't play up to par, right? Like it it was, there was some inconsistencies. But watching Paris Johnson, I think there are some inconsistencies in that too, right? And I think that Paris Johnson is, and we talked about him as an athlete, right? He's that guy that that if he was a wide receiver, he would be that guy that ran a 4-2, 
that's 6'4", 200-plus pounds, right? Like, he's that freak athlete at offensive tackle that everybody's, you know, everybody wants. But there are some developmental things that has to happen with Paris Johnson. So this is this is where I'm kind of at with this, DP, is that looking at it, I think year one, you probably get very similar play, right? And, and you're hoping that by year two-ish to three is where they start to separate themselves from the perspective of Paris Johnson's tools really start to kick in, right? Because you're buying in to the ceiling portion of it, of Paris Johnson with the long arms, athletic. Everybody's seen the video go viral on Twitter of him moving and everything. But there are some developmental things there that he has to work on. So I, I would go with Alabama's offensive tackle, Tyler Steen. I think there's upside there. I think there's consistency there. I don't know if he'll ever be this Hall of Fame type player, but I mm-hmm. think he's a guy that maybe you could draft him. You could sprinkle in a couple Pro Bowls from here and there, and he'd be able to play some pretty decent football overall. I, I really do appreciate his game, man. But, DP, man, we have another one coming up. I mean, one of my personal favorites, man, I'm going – Broderick Jones, man, Georgia's offensive tackle, Broderick Jones in the first round. Or would you rather Tayshawn Manning, Kentucky's Tayshawn Manning, interior offensive lineman, play guard for the Kentucky Wildcats, regardless of what people said, right? They were a good <laughs> offensive lineman at Kentucky, man. Would you rather Tayshawn Manning in the fourth or would you rather Broderick Jones in the first round? Man, I'm, uh, you know me, I'm a fan of Tayshawn Manning. Um, you know, since the summer, you know, watching him you know, play for Auburn after, you know, he transferred to Kentucky. But I got to go with my bulldog, man. You know, I got to stay with my boy, Broderick Jones, man. Because for one, 6'5", 300 pounds, I think he ran 4'9", 7", in the 40s, 34 plus inches on the arm when it turns out his arm length. But he were, like we talked about, the comp frame is Zaki Aquanu. So, you know, Ikem Aquanu, who plays for the Carolina Panthers, he was a sixth overall pick last year. Physical, violent, aggressive, heavy hand, strong-handed guy. So he's got to continue to work with his mechanics and his technique, um, you know, with his hand placement and, you know, protecting himself and everything and he's retreating in pass protection but everything else is there Keith everything all the the other the baseline for him is already there and you talk about a physical player that wants to move bodies in the run game I think he could play guard if if you really needed him to he could slide in that guard so that versatility of playing left tackle or guard with his athleticism and his power and his length arm length it's, it's special to me, Keith. So I got to go with the player that I think can make a bigger impact. Uh, so as much as I love Tayshaun, I got to go with Broderick Jones here. Okay. Now, I agree with you on this one. We're on the same page. We lock and step on this one. I'm going Broderick Jones because I, I think this is the most complete offensive lineman um, in this draft. I think he has the highest potential, to be honest, man. Um, you're talking about a guy, like you said, can play tackle, can play guard. Um, he, he's physical. He's nasty. He has range as a blocker you can throw screens you know what i'm saying he's gonna get out you know how we like to show show those clips or those clips you see on espn and sports Mm -hmm. center with offensive lineman 30 40 yards down the field like he's a prime candidate for that um the ceiling is through the rule as far as pass protection and then also him bringing a physical mentality i think he's the type of guy you put along a soft offensive line and then he he changes the narrative of that offensive line, right? Like everybody else feels as though they have to play tougher because this guy's power driving people into the ground, and you know he's working to finish people, and and he's talking trash after. So man, I I, I agree. I think Broderick Jones is that guy. Um, I, I would take him regardless of the pick or the position. And Keith, I got one to throw to you, big fella. I got one for you, brother. Okay, okay. okay. Let's let's, let's talk. Let's talk some have. centers. Let's talk some centers, baby. We got John Michael Schmitz, a guy we met down in Mobile who who looks apart and plays the part, right? Got John Michael Schmitz, uh, center from Minnesota, the Golden okay. Gophers in the first round, and in the third round, 
Alabama's Emil Ekior. He played right guard. For for, for context, wow. guys, he played right guard, but he's naturally a center. He only played guard wow. because Nick Saban needed him to play guard. So, Keith, as a guy that you've watched them both, who would you rather have? JMS, John Michael Smith in the first, or Emil Ekior in the third? Man, this is tough. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that, DP, because you went you went more than surface level, right? Because you know mm-hmm. that Emil is one of my he's one of my guys. I know we have a Dames dude segment coming up. <laughs> this is one of Keith's guys. Man. This is one of my guys. Um, damn, man. <laughs> and and, and it, it's, it's tough because when you said John Michael Smiths, so listen, this is how I feel about John Michael Smith. He's probably a top two offensive lineman like that I feel really good about it. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Roger Jones who we just talked about and then John Michael Smith I feel highly confident in him being able to translate to the NFL and I, I really like him so when you said John Michael Smith I thought regardless of who the second name was I was going with John Michael Smith but I do like Emil Ekio. I think there's a lot there with him as a football player he showed well at the senior bowl playing both guard and center and you're talking about in the third round? Like, that's good value right there. That's good value right there, DP. Listen, man, you're going to go bargain shopping oh, and going oh, for value, or you going to go with the, you know, with, with the more expensive, you know, splashy name? Which one, which one are you picking, man? You know, let, I'm, g- give me John Michael Smith. Give me John Michael okay. Smith. I'm going to stay okay. with the talented football player. I'm not, I almost brought in on the value, right? I almost mm-hmm. brought in on the value, but sometimes you, you can't go – to, you know, a, a two-star restaurant expecting filet mignon. Sometimes you got to go to Root Chris to get the high-quality steak. So I just got to pay the money and know exactly what I'm getting rather than taking a gamble even if I really do like it, right? Nah, that's that's a really good that's a, that's a really good choice. I'm not even going to hate on you for it. But, Keith, I'm actually going to go – you know, I'm going to go bargain shopping, baby. My, my wife, it's something that she kind of had to instill in me after a while. To, to shop for value, there's nothing wrong with that from time to time. I'm going to go listen, Emil Ekio. If, if, if the chef burn your steak, then listen. you can't get <laughs> Hey, man, I'm willing to take that chance with this chef. I'm willing to take that chance and trust him with my steak here. I think with Emil Ekio, I think there's so much potential left with this young man. I've been watching him for two years, Keith. Play guard. And I saw a physical, just dominant player at times. I'm talking about moving guys off the ball, resetting the line of scrimmage, but also in the pulling game, right? It's a guard pulling. Even back when they had Najee Harris, Keith, you know, that was two, that was two, three seasons ago almost. Like, back when he had Najee Harris, his final year there, when they had Mac Jones and those boys there, that's when he really popped for me. I saw this guy get out the blocks, get out on the, on the edge and start moving people, man, and bring that physicality, that, that boxy, square, strong, squatty frame. He's, you know, evenly built. I'd rather get, I want to get him in the third because I feel like I can get something uh, uh, you know another position right whether it's edge corner you know what I mean tackle if they're available heck even if I wanted to go running back right I'm the running back guy I don't even go running backs first round all the time but maybe I wanted to change it up this time Keith I want to get Emil Ekio in the third because I believe that because he hasn't played his natural position the past couple years at, at Alabama I think it might take him a little second to get back used to being you know, the center and the quarterback of the offensive line, but I feel like he has a high ceiling um, once you get him there and you allow him to, to develop and get back to being Emil Ekior again. Yeah, I'm so you almost I, – I'm, I'm real close to just changing my mind. Man. We might have to put this up again, <laughs> another this or that segment for next week, man, and maybe I'll choose Emil. But, man, those of you who have not seen him 
Um, watch them play, man. Definitely go check out the film, man, and comment to us, like you said, on, on YouTube. Comment to us, yeah. Twitter, comment, let us know, and let us know how y'all feel about him because we think he's a, a really talented football player, man. He's uh, he's, he's one of locked on NFL's drafts guys, man, and uh, you know, he's somebody we think really talented. And speaking of that, DP. Man, we got Dame's dudes coming up next, man. Which you know is Dame's dudes, man. But I, I'm I'm actually starting to like this segment because I like throwing the curveballs at you, man, <laughs> and seeing how you respond. So, man, coming up next, man, we have Dame's dudes. Where I throw out a couple guys, we get to put DP on a hot seat, man. We get to put him on a hot seat, see where he he stands with some of these guys, and uh, and, and we gonna figure it out, man. So, coming up next, we have Dame's dudes. Keith, I'm ready to walk on the hot coals, baby. I'm ready to put my feet to the fire. It's Dame's Dudes Rapid Fire. You got some names for me. Let's go. Oh, yeah. You sound real good right now, baby. We starting this thing off hot. Last last <laughs> week, we started off with real levels, right? But, uh-huh. you know, knowing you and we have plenty of conversations, man, um, I, I, we have to let the people know. Where you stand with Bryce Young, man? Is is Bryce Young a <laughs> Dame dude or not, man? Not oh. if you like him, but is he a Dame's dude? You man? would do this to me. You would do this to me. <laughs> Listen, man, I have been on record about Bryce Young for a while now, you know? And I'm going to say this. He is one of Dame's dudes. I, I love his game. Okay. I love the way that the young man plays. Do I have my concerns? 100%. Will I draft him first round, first pick overall? Probably not first overall, but I love his game, the accuracy, the ball placement, the silent, that not even silent assassin, that just that assassin type of mindset and the and the style that he plays with and the calmness, man. Uh, the kids, the kids, uh, he's kind of psychopathic in the pocket in, in big moments, man. So I love that my quarterback. So yeah, Bryce Young's the Dame's dude. Stamp him. Okay, cool, cool. I told you we were starting off hot, baby. We were starting <laughs> off hot, man. Next up, DP, man. This is a name that um. It's, get, it's gotten a lot of buzz, right? It's gotten a lot of buzz, and that is the backup running back to Bijan Robinson, Roshan mm. Johnson. Because it's a rather intriguing name. We've heard all the way from second round, which is unheard of running backs. Then now you're talking about a guy that doesn't even play that much because he's a backup <laughs> running back. So, I'm DP, where, how, where are you with Roshan Johnson? Is he a dang dude or not? Man, I, I like Roshan. And, and Keith, the more I watched him, the reps that he got. Um, you know what I mean? The more I start to like him even more, Keith, and I believe a second round's a little rich for my blood, man. I can't go that high. But I'm going to say he is a Dames dude. I think in the third, you know, late third, middle, late third, you know, maybe early fourth, if he does, if the run on, on the top tier backs kind of starts to slide a little bit, I think a team will be getting a, a starting running back, Keith. And I'm not calling him Damian Pierce, but he kind of has similar, uh, similar things to him where he, you know, the production isn't there, but he's tough. He's physical, uh, gritty, hard runner, right? And, and he has uh, some athleticism. Is he the most nimble or elusive guy? No, but he pass protects well, catches the ball in the backfield well. I think this is a starter, Keith. And if a team that has the mindset they don't want to go a top one of these top running backs in the first two rounds, I think if he's available, you know, uh, Roshan Johnson could be there. So let's stamp Roshan Johnson as a Dames dude. Okay. I didn't I didn't know which way you were going to go with that because we haven't had much discussion around Roshan Johnson. Next up, DP, you say you like speed, baby. You say you like fast people. Oh, you like man. fast wide receivers, man. You like productivity. You like guys that get the job oh, done. I got a feeling like, I know where this is going. You like SEC wide receivers, man. DP, is Jalen Hyatt a Dames dude, man? Where are we with Jalen Hyatt? 
I just felt that in my bones it was coming. I just knew that's where you were going. No, he is not. He is not a dance dude. I'm sorry. I love the speed. The four four one is extremely fast. I still think he probably could have hit four three. Um, you know, Raymond Bel- Belitnikov winner, right? Productive. Got you know, got some 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 hardware. But uh, no, he's not for me, Keith. Uh, I, I'll have to do for me watching this tape. I just feel like there's too much scheming up for him. Whereas offensively, you know I'm an offensive guy. I don't want to have to do too much, so much to get you open. I feel like with him, his game is still a little unrefined. No release package. Doesn't run great routes. Uh, doesn't give you much after the catch unless he's wide open. To, you know, I mean, he's he's able to pull away and use that speed. Yeah, I'm out, Keith. I'm, he's not a dames dude. You know, I got to put the stamp in the pocket in this situation. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hate, hate to see it, man. Hate, hate to see it. it. Up, hate to see it. Another controversial name. I told you, DP, I came straight curveball. Everything. Oh, my God. Fact, this, this, might be, this might be a splitter right here. I'm switching it up. I used to pitch back in the day, DP. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go with Notre Dame's tight end. Oh, Michael no. Mayer, where you at? Is this a dames dude or not, DP? Let the people know. Bruh. Oh my God! Okay. Um. No. <laughs> you gotta sit with your chest. No. <laughs> I, I like Michael Mayer. I do. I do. But like, yeah, no. He's not. He's not. He's not one of my dudes. I do. Even though in the, the last guy who was fast and productive, I said no to. I'm saying no to this guy for the same reason. He's not fast. He is productive. But I, I need a guy that, that can not just win and create separation, but maintain that separation. That can give me yards after the catch, right? I want to give my uh, my quarterback a guy that can make multiple people miss and not only that, but create explosive plays in the passing game. So you already know who my tight end one is, man, if he's healthy and the back's clear. My boy Dalton Kincaid. While I really like uh, Michael Mayer, I don't love him, so he's not a dame's dudes. I got to keep the the stamp by my side. Okay, cool, cool. Listen, man, we have the fifth and final person for this week's um, edition of Dame's Dude. And, DP, I didn't let off any pressure, right? Well, no, no, you have not. Name. It's time to make decisions. DP, is Clemson's Brian Brissy a dame's dude or not? No, he's not. Uh, he's not a dame's dude. I'm sorry. I like I like the potential of him, Keith. But man, I feel like he's he, he lacks some funk, some strength in the lower half. Uh, if you use him correctly, he could become a dame's dude. Three tech, put him beside a Jordan Davis, one or, or Travis Jones, one of these big physical D tackles. But man, I, I just I don't I didn't like the tape as much as I, I was hoping to this season with him being more more on the healthy side of things. I feel like he still has upside and a ceiling, you know, especially rushing the passer. But against the run, handling double teams and dual blocks is not my is not his forte, in my opinion. So he's not a dames dudes man. Okay, hey, that wraps up, man. That was that was five. That was hot fire. That was dames dude, man. I think I feel that like it's hot in here. It's hot. And put I'm hot. hot. See, make you make some decisions, man. Let the people know. I felt them coals. I felt them coals this time. I did. I'm not even gonna lie to you. <laughs> that wraps up this week's segment, man, of dames dudes.
Nah, for sure. I, I definitely feel, I felt the heat. Keith brought the heat, man. He said that was a slider. I felt he threw a couple fastballs in there. Um, and, and, and I didn't, you know, I still got some singles. I didn't hit the homers I wanted, but I got some singles and maybe a double out of there. We still got some guys on base. But, guys, we appreciate y'all as always, man, for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today. Please make sure to join us back again tomorrow as always, guys. And remember, subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. As always, guys, you can find Keith Sanchez on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.